Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 52, Breathing from Water. In episode 51, we introduced the idea of gas exchange, how marine organisms get the oxygen they need and excrete the carbon dioxide they don't. Several groups of organisms lack specialized anatomy to accomplish this critical physiologic task, yet they've been able to live successfully for hundreds of millions of years, dating back to the very origins of animals. These include sponges, cnidarians, and flatworms. Sponges, while they can grow large, are perforated throughout their bodies with holes and canals. You all know what a sponge looks like, though there is a diversity of forms, to be sure. By completely perforating their bodies, sponges dramatically increase the surfaces that are available for gas exchange. The diffusion distance in sponge bodies never exceeds one millimeter, meaning gas only has to diffuse through a membrane and then travel one millimeter to get to where it's needed in the body. And if you have no internal fluid to lose, having holes all over your body is no big deal. In fact, it's requisite, as all of those holes are how the oxygen gets in. Sponges use water as their circulatory fluid. It's called an aquiferous system. It is the ultimate open circulatory system. Instead of a circulatory fluid like blood, they just pump water through their bodies continuously, which ventilates all the diffusion-ready surfaces. And like many marine creatures, this water movement does double duty. As suspension feeders, they pull food particles out of the water as well as oxygen. Another group of animals that uses cutaneous gas exchange is the phylum Cnidaria, the anemones, corals, and jellyfish. This group has a diversity of growth forms and body types, but all can be boiled down in essence to that of a sac-shaped body with an oral opening at one end. In corals, anemones, and most hydroids, the sac is called a polyp and sits on the bottom with the mouth opening up. In jellyfish, the sac is upside down and free swimming in the water column. In all these different forms, the animal's body wall has two layers, an epidermis that faces out and a gastrodermis that lines the inside of the sac. In between these layers is a space filled with a gel-like matrix called the mesoglea, which may or may not have cells in it. This is the jelly that gives jellyfish their name. Even though these animals may appear to be more substantial and not perforated throughout like sponges, all of their gas exchange happens at the body surface and the diffusion distances are relatively short. The mesoglea doesn't need high amounts of oxygen. The metabolically active tissues line the outside and the inside surfaces of these animals. Some cnidarians increase surface area available for diffusion by elaborate folding of inner tissues in the gastric cavity. They're not filter feeders and instead are classified as carnivores, capturing animal prey with the stinging cell lined tentacles they are well known for. The ingestion of their prey may also be instrumental in bringing water into the gastrovascular cavity for gas exchange, though it seems likely that much of their gas exchange happens on the outer surface of the body. A third group of marine animals that lack specialized gas exchange structures are the platyhelminthes, the flatworms. This group has over 26,000 species and are well known for their parasitic lifestyle. Over 75% of the species in this phylum live as endoparasites. You've probably heard of liver flukes. They're tapeworms, right? The free-living marine species tend to be found in shallow water, and as their name suggests, are strongly flattened dorsally ventrally. This growth form is the key to their success. Without dedicated gas exchange structures, being flat is the only way to reduce diffusion distances. 
Flatworms are slightly different than sponges and cnidarians, as they have a solid body rather than a gel-filled one, which makes reducing the diffusion distance even more important. The evidence of physical principles is all around us in the natural world. And while biologists tend to focus on the life histories of the life forms they study, it's awesome to take a step back and realize how something as simple and universal as the passive process of diffusion drives what animals look like, how big they can get, and what shape they are. Biologists may hate to admit it, but in the end, it really is all physics. This has been episode 52 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on Wabanaki land. Check out photos of intertidal organisms on our Instagram. Search at The Essential Rhythm. The music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week. 